Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so grateful that you are back for another episode. Please do take note that all opinions and recommendations and encouragements that are shared on this podcast are my personal opinion or the opinion of the guests that I have on. It is not to be taken as medical or mental health advice. Please do consult your medical professional or your mental health professional with any questions or changes that you would like to make regarding your own personal situation. Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so grateful that you are back for another episode as always. And I know I say this every episode, but I really mean it. It is genuine. I am so grateful and never take it for granted that you show up episode after episode, that you interact with me on social media, that you send emails to SuccessfulDiligence.com slash contact, that you send fun, incredible voice messages through the link in the show notes. It is so appreciated and valued. And that's why I'm so committed and passionate to bringing you quality conversations, quality content, and incredible human beings who have value add to your life. And today is no different. I've got a really special guest who I am so excited to chat with. Her name is Mallory Anderson Macy, and she is a board certified behavior analyst, BCBA, board certified behavior analyst. And she focuses on the power of mindfulness to create habit change within our thoughts and feelings with the intent to guide us, and I say us because I benefit from her, (laughs) through um, discomfort, through our discomfort as we walk through life to get to the life that we actually want to be living and that we want to be leading, right? And what I love about Mallory is that she talks about and teaches tangible strategies in value-based decision-making towards creating balance as we achieve progress towards our goal. And that really is, I think, what brings fulfillment and satisfaction to life. So I am so excited to dig into Mallory's expertise. And she's just a really quality human being as well. So Mallory, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Michelle. I am super excited to introduce you to my audience because I know you are going to just blow their minds with your expertise and just the quality of human being that you are. So for my audience who's not familiar with you, which after this episode, they will be because they will be following you on Instagram, which I will post in the show notes because she, listeners, Mallory posts such incredible, tangible accessible, applicable strategies that you can use every day on her Instagram. So I really encourage you to follow her. And we'll talk about that later. I just had to plug that in in the beginning as well. But Mallory, introduce yourself to the audience, share with us a little bit about who you are and how you came to do the work that you're doing. Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm a behavior analyst, which a lot of people aren't familiar with that. They usually know about counselors or therapists, um, but I fall in that same vein, but not quite. So I look at tangible and data-driven, I don't know, data (laughs) to be able to help inform the work that I do um, to help create 
the lives people want to lead. And what's really cool is getting into the stuff where we think about how we're thinking. But I got there on my own journey, um, actually when I became a parent. And so that's some of the people I work with as well because it got a little bit more challenging. And so for me, balance and boundaries became a priority. And so now that I've figured out and kind of cracked that a little bit, I've been able to get some really nice work done with some other people as well. I just, it's my passion and I love sharing and talking about it with his, anyone that I can find because it's just blown up the way that I live. I love it. I love it. And I'm an analyst as well in, in my full-time job um, in the insurance agency. So completely different, but the analysis piece, I think is what um, I love about what you do because it is data-driven, it is scientifically based, and it is different than a traditional therapy and even cognitive behavioral therapy, which I yeah. used to do mm-hmm. in the social service field. It's different. So talk to me a little bit about what drew you specifically to behavior analysis versus another type of therapeutic analysis. Right. So in behavior analysis, we we work at making things to be what's called it's an observational definition. So being able to very clearly define what we're trying to create. Um, and, and the way that behavior analysis got started for me was working with kiddos with disabilities. So that was a, a while ago now. And it's just been really, really rewarding to be able to help people one, figure out what they really want, which is one of the gonna be the big takeaways that I have for this one is getting really clear, super clear on what it is that you want and going through what is getting in your way and then replacing it with something that's gonna be more helpful, even if it feels kind of weird. So I hope I'm answering your question there. I got into this to be able to help people create what they want, whatever it is that they want individual to them. And it's a little bit different because we kind of map that out as we go with some, a little bit of data. Sometimes when we get into the feelings and thoughts, it's a little bit more of a rough up data, but we can measure that also with tangible actions outside of that. And so that's one thing that got me excited about behavior analysis is because it is about it's, it's, it is about creating that goal, right? Like, you know, what you want going in and you're going to get that rather than just kind of I mean, sometimes um, therapy can be more like a journey. And the other part, I mean, a journey is fantastic. But the other part is also um, the idea of accepting that some of that stuff is going to happen, right? And being able to move forward anyway, which is a little bit different. That's the, that's the difference between some of the cognitive behavioral therapy and the ACT or the acceptance and commitment therapy that I practice within behavior analysis. Yeah, I love that. And and a couple of things struck out at me from what you said is that you said you focus on thinking and observing in the moment and getting from point A to point B in a goal-based, a goal-driven sort of process. And I love your work because it is value-based. And so just so that we're all talking about the same thing, because listeners, you know, I love to get very clear about we're all talking about the same things. When you say value-based, what does that mean? Mm. So for me, what a value is, is a word that's kind of like a moral compass, right? So a value isn't something that you achieve, really. (laughs) Like kindness is never, you're never going to be a part where you're like, I fully embody kindness. (laughs) Or I've arrived arrived in kindness. (laughs) Exactly. It's always going to be something that you're working at 
um, marbling in more, getting another facet of or deepening within the relationship of this and, and whatnot. And so when I think about values, I think about being able to be moving in the direction of that thing always and being able to make decisions based in that, right? So when we come up against some, uh, an uncomfortable thought or feeling, sometimes the urge can be to do a habit, right? Maybe that's not always serving your values um, or it could be to do what's easier in that moment. But the challenge is always to ping it mindfully, purposefully, intentionally off of our values and goals and see if it's in alignment. And so that's what I mean by value-based decision-making and value-based living is by just always keeping those values, whatever they mean to you. I make people I work with pick 10 um, and then we can review them, right? We can change and we can evolve um, and keeping those in the forefront of our mind and learning to always use them in decision-making purposefully, intentionally across all of the parts of our day, even how we're feeling about some stuff, which can get really cool. Yeah. And I love that intentionality about it because when you are on a journey towards success, reaching those goals, those productive outcomes, whatever success means to you, whatever destination you're, you're walking towards, being intentional about it gives you that sense of empowerment right? To, to be able to know I can do this. And even if you have to work through some limiting beliefs or some negative self-talk or, you know, some narratives that are not serving you, you can do that when you show up every day with intention. So I just love that. Um, mm -hmm. Talk to me about how you work with clients, figuring out, okay, how do I figure out where I actually want to go, what I want to do, <laughs> right? And then how do you yeah. work with, with them to get there? So once they figure it out, that process, that journey, and then once they have that figured out, how do you help them get there? So a lot of the times, actually, people will come to me with a, a rough up of what they want, but the clarity isn't there yet. And so I work with them to help them get to clarity. And I have some tools for your listeners today that I like to use as well to be able to help us get there because we don't always need someone. There's a lot of self-coaching or um, self tools, things that we can use to get that clarity. Um, but the clarity can be a step all by itself <laughs> is, is my point. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> a lot of people are like, I, 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 I like the outcome that I see in other people. I just don't know how to get there. I don't even know what I'm looking for, but I feel that yes. I want something. So yeah, that clarity is yeah. important. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I like to start with is actually, um, uh, an ideal life journaling. And if for anyone who doesn't journal yet, it's just absolutely one of my go-to strategies, favorite. It's basically free, right? You just need a piece of paper and a pen, or even if you already have your phone or a computer in front of you, you can type that out and really get clear, like on a blow by blow, like what is a day in the life of your ideal? And not just what things are you doing, but how do you feel about them? How does it make you feel to be able to take those steps and do those things? Because when we start figuring out how we want to feel, we can actually with, you mentioned intention. So I call it intention setting journaling. Um, so another journaling strategy where we start noticing how we feel now, right? And we can start aligning that to that future feeling. And when we start making that a habit, we, we know what we want to feel and we start feeling it now. We not only feel 
better. <laughs> but we start moving in the directions of finding more of that and we can leverage confirmation bias in our favor by creating this new thought pattern of feeling. I love that because sometimes just getting it out of our heads provides clarity. And like you said, when you can see it, even if you just like sort of brain dump, which is just getting those thoughts out and just writing without judgment, don't look at it right after, just close it up, put it away and come back to it a couple hours, a day or a week later, you can see and, you know, be intentional about analyzing and really understanding where you are now and not judging that, but that's your starting point. Right. And I just love that. Um, Okay. So once we, once we get clarity, right. Okay. I know what my ideal life day, you know, would look like. I understand how that feels, which means that, because when we get in touch with our feelings about it, I feel like we're, and I'm using the word feel it too many times in the sentence, but I feel like we're more invested, you know, when you have that emotional attachment to it, would you agree with that? Or do you, I mean, does it make a difference? Well, yeah. I mean, so part of the science that I work with, there's a, a portion called relational frame theory, and it's like the internet of our mind, almost like the spider web and how we connect all of the things that we think and feel. And when we pair those up, we do actually make more concrete neural pathways so that we can access that more often. And unfortunately, a lot of us have a pattern of looking for what we don't want. And so we accidentally shape up neural pathways with lots of stuff in our environment, whether we're aware of it or not. And it all kind of goes into feeling, right? Because it's not just our emotional feelings, it's also the way that we interact with our environment type feelings, smelling, touching, tasting, and all of that stuff gets shaped up. And so if we're looking for what we don't want, we're also accidentally shaping up. I mean, in my environment right now, I've got this really pretty plant. And if I was really sad and I was accidentally shaping up this plant as a trigger, um, before that, right. It could feed into that. And other times I see plants, I remember that time that I'm sad and it brings that in and we can turn that around as well. And we can kind of stop that and we can kind of shift that. And that's, I think, to your point, being able to get into our senses, get into our present moment, get into the way that we're feeling and really notice that it strengthens the neural pathways of what we want as well. So it just makes it more powerful, the more we can be in the moment and the more we can, actually assign those feelings to what we want. Yeah, I love that. And that also provides clarity about what you really are thinking and what you really are seeking and wanting when you can be almost like a scientist of yourself, right? And be exactly, exactly investigative of yourself. I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, so it's so funny that you say that because I say that to some of my the people I work with all the time. We're going to take a step back. We're going to get curious. We're going to not be judgmental. We're going to be like scientists who are trying this thing out or experience this new thing. Um, absolutely. I 110 agree on that. I think that's so important for people because especially if you're a, if you're a high driven person or you have a personality type that trends towards being self-critical, it can be a little bit more difficult. But if you think of yourself in that third person objective, I'm looking in on myself, it sometimes helps to uh, for the process and, and to move forward. So I just love that. I mean, I love all that you do anyway. <laughs> I'm clearly a fan listeners, can you tell? Um, because you eloquently express 
so much of what we talk about here on the show when we're reaching, um, you know, success and, and moving forward towards the best version of ourselves. And I, so I love what you said about the neural pathways and reinforcing that. And listeners, if you need to, you know, hit that 15 second refresh button to go backward and listen again, because the way that Mallory described that was really, really, really useful and meaningful. So um, I just really appreciate that. Talk to me about the implementing boundaries part of what you do, because I know boundaries are so important and sometimes so challenging for people to implement. So talk to me about that. So I think it was what you said about the idea of being able to figure out, right, about clarity, about what you really, really want and how we're going to reinforce that, how we're going to bring that about, right? But then boundaries are also part of the releasing process, um, which we can do a lot of really fantastic bringing in work, right, which is beautiful. But then when we get to a point where our bandwidth is too broad and we make it so that we can't actually do everything that we want to do uh, when when everything's important nothing is right and so that's one of the reasons why I make people actually pick 10 values as well most people will have dozens and dozens more Um, but with boundaries what we can do there is start to put up a little bit of weight into what is most important for us. And it allows us to make decisions in an intentional way because we're letting go of some of the stuff that isn't actually as important to our journey. You made a really beautiful point around the observer self position. And that is where the goal of what I do is to be able to learn how to really actively get into that observer self so that you can see, make decisions around what you're going to be doing that's in service of your values and goals, um, rather than just going with the flow, rather than just going with habit, rather than just life happening to you. And so for me, boundaries is like, I don't know, making a road. (laughs) It also helps with those neural pathways, right? Because we're not letting some things onto our road. We're we're protecting it a little bit um, so that we don't accidentally shape up some of those things that I spoke about earlier, like with the plant or whatever. Yeah, I love that because it can get overwhelming, you know, and especially when you're on the progress road, right, and you're in your car, and all of the things are filling up, you can feel overwhelmed. But I love the word that you use, which was protection. Because for me, boundaries equals protection of self, protection of my time, my energy that you were talking about, your energy management, yourself, your values, who you are becoming. Because let's be reminded, you know, listeners, I don't know if you experienced this, but I know I have, as I've changed, evolved and and walked my journey, I become the best version of myself but it's different than what other people may have known, right? And as I shed those layers that are not serving me and that are no longer meaningful, sometimes people have an issue with that. And when you have appropriate boundaries that you protect, that serve you and that you can implement appropriately, it helps you to maintain that growth. And to Mallory's point, to keep those neural pathways that are new reinforced. And so it becomes more about um, sustainability of the new you. So I just love that. I absolutely love that. One of the things that came up for me while you were talking was that like new neural pathway. And that's really important to 
to be reminded of because sometimes we've got these big super highways of habit in our neural pathways and there's two different parts of our brains actually um, there's a lower part which is like habit forming and evolutionary and then there's the higher part which is um, intellectual and curiosity. I like to think of the lower part as like the operating system in your computer. And the higher part is being like the window that's open, <laughs> like whatever you're paying attention to. Oh, I love that. And, <laughs> and what we have to do sometimes when we're, we're building boundaries is we have to protect this new little thing so that it can become the new super highway. We've got to practice driving that. And what's going to happen between the parts of your brain is that it's going to be like, I don't know, Siri saying like, no, 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 we're going to go put you on the freeway again. <laughs> we're going to go put you on the freeway again. So you've got this urge to follow this easy pathway in your brain, and it's going to feel uncomfortable when you do that. That's actually your brain's mechanism for trying to keep you in line. And that goes back to keeping you safe <laughs> in like a, a time when maybe we were less safe than we are now. But by telling your brain that these uncomfortable thoughts are safe, right? This uncomfortable feeling I'm experiencing is safe and purposefully like allowing this discomfort to serve your values, like to serve your goals. Um, like it's not just for nothing and just reminding yourself that this discomfort is building a new highway and letting the old one grow over um, and moving in the direction of what you want and just noticing that mechanism between your, your, your brains, the parts of your brain a little bit and sitting with with the discomfort that comes with that so that it can like catapult you forward. Um, so that's kind of what came for, forward for me when you were talking about that is that's a really important facet of habit forming thoughts and feelings into goals and actions. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. So tell me, what is the like favorite part of what you do? Mm, seeing people make the changes because it's always hard at the beginning. A lot of people, um, like I just kind of mentioned is that there's discomfort when you start moving in different directions. I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to that. If they're working towards goals, if they're working towards values, there's stuff that's being let go of. There's new evolution to be happening and it doesn't feel awesome at first. But like with any habit, um, you might be able to think of exercise or, you know, whatever, if, if you want to take it out physically, even just like changing the way that you respond to emails in the evening, right? It can still have that same sort of discomfort, which is, emails maybe is a boundary example. It can still feel weird. You have the urge like, oh, what if they need me? What if someone thinks that I'm not good at my job? What if I'm not being valuable enough? And there's all, you're flooded with all those fears. And so being reminded that this is my brain trying to keep me safe. This is okay. This is a safe discomfort. And it's in service of me being able to blank, which is why that clarity piece at the beginning is so, so important because it's gonna help you power through those times when you are building those new neural pathways so that you, your why informs the why sitting in this discomfort. Um, and so when people start getting there and they start seeing it and they start believing it and the new pathways are like there and they're like, oh, it really worked. And then they get excited about doing more. And then the best, best part is when for me and other people is when they are like, oh, 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 I just came across a fear. Yeah, I'm about to up level. Like, whoa. 
that's 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 the cream of the crop for me yeah that is awesome i mean that light bulb moment that change and knowing that you shared that journey there's nothing like that i i i agree wholeheartedly with you oh i love what you do i love how you express and explain what you do because it makes it accessible for understanding to people who are not board certified and all the fancy schmancy, but we get it right. And then we can implement it with, you know, your help. And then we can celebrate with you on the way. So I just love that. I absolutely love that. So if you had to pick like one or two things that you really, really, really want the audience to walk away from our conversation with, what would that be? Clarity, 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 clarity. Um, so I talk a lot about, uh, journaling, right? We've already covered it a little bit, really getting super duper clear on your why, because that's going to inform everything. And then you brought up so beautifully, my second one is being able to practice getting into that observing self. Um, instead of like being an immersed in your emotions and your feelings, being able to look at the idea that this is, this isn't me. This is something I'm experiencing. This is something that I'm doing. And so I can take a step out of whatever it is that I'm experiencing or that I'm doing or I'm thinking or I'm feeling and evaluate it for effectiveness. Is it helpful or is it not helpful? And there's some strategies that you can practice like journaling and um, meditation is another one I really um, feel good about and, and, and bring forward to people. And then of course, like coaching and things like that. So there's plenty of ways that you can get practice with that. There's some fantastic books out there, but clarity and getting into that observer thought and the question, is it helpful or unhelpful in service of my values and goals? I love that. Yes. I co-sign check, check, check. So last mm -hmm. question for you, gratitude. Do you practice it? Does it come into play at all? What are your thoughts on gratitude? Yes. So for me, the intention setting journaling starts with, okay, I got clear on what it is that I want. And now I'm going to go throughout my day and I'm going to find a way that I did that thing. And that builds a habit of finding that feeling, right? And even if you have to get a little bit wonky, right? <laughs> Creative, you can still find it and then celebrate it till the cows come home to reinforce those neural pathways. And that's what gratitude is. It's reinforcing with like, I'm not, I don't know about machinery, but that big steamroller guy who goes over the asphalt after they lay it down and it just sets it right. That's what gratitude is in my mind. And it is so, so important. And it's okay. If it doesn't feel right at first, if it feels pulled or it feels forced, that's okay. We're building a new neural pathway. And the more we get practice with it, the more it will feel right. Like it's going to become a habit and it'll get there. And then it just like lights you on fire, man. Yes. Gratitude is, is the reinforcer part. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And I love that imagery of the steamroller, like the paving <laughs> and the pavement, and it sets it in because that was my experience where I used to be a very ungrateful person. And I would look, like you said, for all of the negative things. And so that's what I would see. And I had to literally invest years to retrain my brain and create these new neural pathways, right? And, and do all the things that we've talked about in our conversation. And gratitude was so powerful and profound and literally changed my life. So I just love that. And I love your perspective of how you um, 
talked about it too, because I haven't heard it framed that way. So I really love that that additional um, perspective for you listeners, because we talk about gratitude. I ask most of my guests how gratitude plays in. So listeners, this is an additional frame for you um, that I know resonated somehow, some way. So I'm so grateful that I was able to bring you on. If my listeners are like, this Mallory girl, I am resonating so strongly with her. I need more. I need to hear her voice more. I need to connect with her, figure out how I can get coaching or whatever it is she does. So talk to us about your services that you offer and how people can connect with you and find you. Sure. So most of the time I work out of my Instagram, which my handle is mindfully Mallory. Um, And people are welcome to jump in for one-to-one services. I have two different packages at the moment that we can always chat about what that would look like. And I've got some fun things coming up in the future that will be um, launched from my Instagram as well. Um, yeah, there's that. that's the main way to get a hold of me right now. I do have a book out there, but it's for a pretty niche um, group um, for parents with kiddos with disabilities who are in ABA therapy. Um, but a lot of the time right now I'm working as a, a clinical trainer, um, as well as coach and mentor to people who are looking to create balance and boundaries and want a little bit of a hand to, to hold <laughs> or get new knowledge, you know, cause they just don't know where to start or they need that clarity that you were talking about. I mm-hmm. love that. And if you have, if you're a parent and you have a, you know, that, that niche child, uh, you know, avatar that she was talking about, check out her book. She, uh, Mallory didn't mention where we met, which was on clubhouse as well. Um, and that's how I hooked into her Instagram because clubhouse is connected with Instagram. And I tell you, I check out Mallory's stories and her posts every single day. And it's always a value add to my day. So I really encourage you to follow her. I'll put the link in the show notes. And um, I'm just so grateful you had time to come on and share. And uh, this was such a great conversation. I think it's one I'm going to listen to again, because you dropped some nuggets that are so natural to you, but are like, wow, that was powerful. So I'm going to need to re-listen again. And listeners, I encourage you to do the same. So thank you again for coming on the show and for sharing uh, with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so glad that I was able to drop into that clubhouse chat that we had so long ago now, or it wasn't that long ago. It feels like it. (laughs) It feels like forever, but it was, I'm just so glad to be connected now um, and to know you because you're just, you're such a special person. So I'm just, and I love the work that you're doing. So um, any way that I can support, I always love to do that. So I'm just really grateful Mm -hmm. to be connected and listeners, as I always say, keep walking always, always keep walking, never stop walking. Because if you continue to walk, you will reach your destiny, you will reach your destination one step at a time, always, always keep walking. And on your journey, I encourage you to always, always choose gratitude. As you know, every single episode, I end with my encouragement for you to choose gratitude on your journey as you keep walking. But have you ever asked yourself, that's great, Michelle, but how do I do that? How do I implement gratitude? How do I choose gratitude? It's not easy living this life. And sometimes I don't feel very grateful. How do I incorporate gratitude into my daily life? Well, I've got you covered. Just for you, I have a Gateway to Gratitude mini course in the Successful Diligence School. There is a link in the show notes 
as well as a coupon code just for podcast listeners where you get 50% off. So head to the link in the show notes or successfuldiligence.com and click the school tab on the website. It will take you to the school and you can see the Gateway to Gratitude course, which walks you through how to implement gratitude into your daily life. Trust me, gratitude and gratefulness when implemented effectively will change your life.